All right, hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Brendan, and you're listening to the Falcon Twin podcast from falcontwin.com. In this track, I'm going to talk about pages 0 through 11, the prologue, titled All I Ever Wanted. So, page 0, the cover. We can see there's a sword. It's not the same sword that Mika's using now. That is significant. You will be seeing that sword sooner or later. And this was done before I decided to title each chapter with a single pretentious word, so I pulled out a very pretentious line from the dialogue in the prologue and used that instead. And as I mentioned in the comments, this wasn't the first page that I actually drew, this was the fourth. I will explain how that occurred at some later time, because it ties into the story of how Falcon Twin got started. So moving along, page one, we can see that the title is pretty lame, a lot of them are. And I thought it would be kind of interesting to open the whole comic on a character who wasn't the main character, and not only that, but attacking the reader, which no one really seemed to pick up on or respond to, but there it is. And of course, you don't actually know Sidney's name at this point in the story, nor will you for a very long time. There's a little bit of effect text slash in the first panel, which I'm not terribly fond of. Panel two, there's Mika. She's actually kind of recognizable, which I'm sort of happy about. In panel three, a hand, which at the time, actually isn't all that bad. It's kind of cartoony. Looks like something out of uh, Love Hina or something. And panel four, where we've got a fairly decent shot of both the characters. No background, of course. And the background, I originally drew one, and it was really bad, and so I just took it out. And originally, I was thinking that it was actually kind of visible very faintly, but now that I'm looking at it, I don't think it's there at all, so I must have taken it out in Photoshop. All the changes between the characters as you see them in the prologue and as they are now in the middle of chapter 6 are cosmetic, except for Mika's sword, as I mentioned, which you'll see how that changes in the comic. But everything else was just changed because I felt like doing it. You'll notice that Sydney has a little shield on her left arm, and also Mika has a knife, and Sydney in the first panel you can also see has a necklace, and that necklace sort of became the brooch on her chest that you see when she reappears in the strip. Different fonts, too. You can see that I'm using Comic Sans, which everyone apparently hates, and I guess it's super, super evil because there's whole websites devoted to getting rid of Comic Sans from the face of the earth. Sorry, guys, for any of you who were offended by that. So moving along, page two. I actually did backgrounds on the panels on this particular page, although they're not very good. I did them in charcoal. The rest of the characters are done in, obviously, pencil. For some reason that I don't know, the left-hand side of the page is out of focus and it looks pretty bad. And I wasn't really doing much to clean up these pages when I scanned them, and you can kind of tell. It isn't until towards the end of the prologue that I actually started to clean up the pages a little bit better before I posted them. Different font, yet again, you can see that I'm using Times New Roman for these thought bubbles, and I don't have boxes around them like I do these days. In the final panel, you see Mika closing her eyes, which when I look at it now kind of looks like that scene in the bar when Mika and Sydney are fighting, and then she opens her eyes and has the glowy effect in her eyes, but that's not what it is. And a very awkward pose in panel three for Mika, which, I don't know, seemed good when I was posing it out, but ultimately didn't work very well in the strip. Page three, we can see Tresca, actually probably the most recognizable of all the characters in the prologue compared to what they look like when they appeared later. She has thought bubbles, and this is something that I actually messed up on a little bit because the entire story is told through Mika's viewpoint, so you're not supposed to be able to see what other characters are thinking. Fortunately, it doesn't seem to have been a big problem, but it's something that I probably should have been a little bit more careful about. You can see Tresca's legs beneath the crash text on the second-to-last panel, and it looks pretty bad. You can also see that I did the panel borders on this page by hand, which was something that I kind of learned my lesson on and stopped doing right away. 
Page four, there's Tresca again in the first panel looking actually fairly decent, but then you get to the last panel and she looks really bad. So I guess it kind of balances out to be sort of mediocre all the way through. Sydney and Mika also look sort of okay, especially for that time. You'll also see that Sydney actually looks taller than Mika on this page, whereas in page one, in that final panel, she didn't really look much taller. It was just that she was kind of standing up straighter. But no, Sydney's actually several inches taller than Mika. More bad thought bubbles on this page. Page five, Photoshop. And I even bitched about this in the comments, about how much I hate Photoshop. This strip is precisely why I don't like Photoshop and why I don't like webcomics made in Photoshop. Yeah. Although this was a particularly bad example of how Photoshop shading can turn out, you can see the backgrounds are extremely weak, especially in panel 4, where Mika and Sydney are just sort of floating out there in the void, and you don't know where they are, which really disappointed me. And then, of course, the background panel 3 is sort of lame, too. More bad thought bubbles. I think by chapter 1, I pretty much had that under control, except I did screw up once in the beginning of chapter 2 with that also. You'll notice in panel 3 that Tresca has a knife at her hip, which was something that I forgot on page 3, and it's something that I had all the way through until about halfway through chapter 4, and then I decided to get rid of it since she wasn't really using it, and it wasn't a really thematic thing for her character anyway. I did like my little idea in the comments below about having an Excel Saga experiment failed message every time I put up a bad page. That would have been really cool. It's a shame I didn't do that. Page 6, uh, another uninspired title. The titles took a little while to pick up. I still have my off days. Sometimes they're pretty good, sometimes they're pretty bad. And it's interesting, the good ones always come right away, and the bad ones I have to sit around for 30 minutes and try to think something up and inevitably just come up with something just bad. You'll see that on the right-hand side of the page that the scan isn't cleaned up at all, which would have taken all of 10 seconds. I have no idea why I didn't do it. But I wasn't really cleaning up pages the way that I do now, so I guess that's part of it. You can also see between the last two panels there's a bunch of grotty pencil stuff left in there that looks pretty bad. Panel 1, you see Mika's sword is perfectly level, which is a little bit unnatural. And also that Tresca's got her tools sticking out of her bag, which originally was something that I was going to do. Then I changed my mind about it and just put them inside so she's got the sort of bag of tricks hanging off her hip and you don't know what's in there. It could be anything. The grab text I did by hand in panel 2, you can see it looks really bad. And that's why I don't do any lettering by hand because my handwriting is god-awful. Still using Comic Sans for the rest of the text. Again, apologies for anyone who's offended by that. A lot of people had issues with this scene about Tresca grabbing Mika's arm and dragging her away. The idea was, which I guess isn't really conveyed because the backgrounds are so weak, is that the building is on fire and it's about to collapse. And so Tresca figures, well, if she doesn't grab Mika and pull her out there, she's guaranteed to die when the building falls down. So if she does grab Mika, maybe there's some chance she can rescue her. Of course, it didn't work out that way. Sydney looks pretty bad in panel four. I think I mentioned that I was using blue pencil on this particular page. I forget when I stopped using blue pencil. I think it was during chapter one. It was something I really didn't like working with, and I'm glad not to have to deal with it anymore. And then also in the comments, I mentioned that the story was going to be fairly long, and I don't really think I had any idea exactly how long it was going to wind up. Page seven. I think she's enjoying this. That's a title that will make a comeback. Keep an eye out for that. Panels 1 and 2, I, I think they look alright. The ghost in panel 1's alright, and Tresca kind of looks okay. The shading above her eye is nice. Panel 3, she looks just horrible. Panel 4 looks alright. The only thing about it is that we only saw Mika get stabbed through the chest once, and then we cut away and cut back, and now she's been stabbed twice. I was never too happy about that, but I don't think that it bothered anyone. Panel 5, 
I'm kind of all right with. I think that if I were going to, the expression's pretty bad, but if I were going to do it again, I would make the angle of perspective more extreme so that the knife were really big in the foreground and Mika were looking at it sort of from a distance and it would be tilted off to the side a little bit in order to convey the sense of confusion and, and shock at what was going on. And then, of course, Sydney and Mika in the last panel looking really awful. I'll probably change Mika's expression a little bit when we get back here, and hopefully I'll draw them both a little bit better. Page 8, decent blood. Not too thrilled with Mika's hand in the second panel. It's really tiny, and the rest of her body is really distorted and disfigured. Sydney's expression in panel 3 is kind of funny, though. She doesn't look all that great, but the expression still kind of works for me. Uh, Tresca looks completely ridiculous still. You notice that the trailers of her headband are shorter than they are now. I made those longer in, I think, chapter 5, just because I wanted them to look a little bit better, and, and you could see more motion with them if they're longer. This was the first page which I actually started using the Blambot fonts, which I'm still using today, and they look a lot better. I think pretty much every webcomic on Earth actually uses them. The left-hand side of this page is out of focus again. I don't know what's going on there. It doesn't seem to have been much of a problem since. You'll see that Tresca's wearing a miniskirt in the last panel, and that was something I went back and forth on, whether she would wear a skirt, whether she would wear shorts. Obviously, in this page, I decided for a skirt. After I did this page, I thought, well, if she's going to be fighting and punching and kicking, then there's going to be a lot of gratuitous panty shots if she's wearing a miniskirt. And, you know, I love gratuitous panty shots as much as the next guy, but that seemed to be overdoing it. So I decided to go with shorts instead which I think ultimately works a little bit better, especially for her character. Page 9, yet another really bad title. This may have been one of the worst that I did in the entire prologue. In panel 4, you can finally start to see that the building is on fire. I really wish I had conveyed that a little bit earlier. Maybe it would have made people shut up about the whole why is Tresca grabbing Mika's arm thing. Actually, I'm kind of happy with the way that Mika looks limp in the final panel. Her entire posture sort of conveys that she's really not in control anymore, and her left arm sort of dragging off to the side works really well for me, too. Page 10, pretentious monologue. Wouldn't be the first, certainly not the last. You'll see the change in shading. It kind of looks a little bit more like Mega Tokyo, or at least how Mega Tokyo looked at the time. You'll also see that most of the rest of the thing is pulled out. That wasn't for once because I was lazy, but that was because I wanted to make everything appear to be fading out, kind of like Mika's consciousness. The final line on this page is kind of an homage to Kurt Vonnegut with his book Slaughterhouse-Five, which begins with the line, Listen, Billy Pilgrim has become unstuck in time. I kind of like the idea of just speaking straight to the audience in the narrative, so I made a little reference to that here. And ultimately, though, it didn't flow as well, because I intended to go from that page straight to chapter 1, but then decided kind of at the last minute to throw in page 11, which is the final page of the prologue. I added in because I kind of felt like I needed a coda to the scene. Ultimately, I actually didn't. And I also really wanted to use this line at the end, which, again, in retrospect, probably wasn't worth it. That line was a reference to Starship Troopers, of all things. When Dizzy dies and Johnny's holding her, she says, Please, Johnny, don't let me go. And the idea of that line was that it had a double meaning. Don't let me go, as in don't drop me on the floor, but also don't let me go, as in don't let me go into the abyss, don't let me die. But I didn't have the DVD of the film at the time, and so I screwed up the line. The way that I ultimately did it in Falcon Twin can only be read one way, which is, don't drop me on the floor, which somehow isn't as profound as I would have liked. So I kind of screwed that up. Ultimately, the last three pages of the prologue are where I think it all starts to come together and seem like a coherent strip in some vague way. I'm starting to clean up the panel edges a little bit, the text is a little bit cleaner, and the art is a little bit cleaner. The format kind of stabilizes, and ultimately that's where it starts to become coherent. So there.